0: Hey guys, welcome into the OBR film breakdown. I'm your host Jake Burns, and I am not going to actually be doing much hosting. I am coming down with some sort of illness. I usually record pretty late here on Thursday. You know, it's Thursday night. I usually record pretty late uh, as a means to get some some quiet time uh, after spending the evening with the family and all of that. And I feel like hell, so I am not going to be able to put out anything worthwhile today. So I am going to reshare the OBR's uh show tonight on Twitch, which was the OBR Weekly. So um, you know, I actually said it's Thursday. It's it's still Wednesday night. The clock turned over to Thursday. Sorry about that. I don't want to confuse you. But um yeah, Fred uh Fred Greetham's on this show, Barry McBride. Sometimes I think it's it's good to get some other Brown's opinions than mine every day. So I don't want to skip a day of posting something for you. They recorded this Wednesday night, 7 p.m., as they always do. Make sure you check out the OBR's Twitch. Check out Fred and Barry, who are on every Wednesday throughout the year, 7 p.m. I think they do a really nice job. So they take a ton of fan questions, a ton of questions from the OBRs, Ask the Insider, and uh, plenty more. So I think you'll enjoy this episode still. I'm sorry that I can't get something new put out there for you guys, but it is still a really good show with some good content here from from the guys so I always like giving them the stage too so check it out enjoy it have a great Thursday hopefully I can come back and get something posted uh, for you on Friday maybe get with John Colisimo we'll see how I feel so have a good Thursday guys appreciate you let's get over to the OBR weekly now
1: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Good evening, Browns fans, and welcome to OBR Weekly. My name is Barry McBride. I am the publisher and founder of the infamous Orange and Brown Report. And with me this week as every week is not only a barking dog, but also the legend, Mr. Freddie Greedum. How you doing, Fred?
3: I'm doing great. Ready to talk browns tonight.
2: Well, let's do that. That is what we you know, that's our basic purpose is to come in here and talk Browns. Uh, As always, uh, in addition to the barking dog, uh, we also need your questions and comments uh, to power the program. You guys really define the show. Uh, Without you, it's just me and Fred here talking, and uh, uh, quite honestly, not nearly as exciting as when you guys are engaged uh, with us. Comments and questions are welcome as always. And uh, while we hope for those comments and questions to come in, uh, we are going to uh, talk a little bit uh, about the uh, Cleveland Browns. And specifically, we're going to talk today about an appearance that uh, Baker Mayfield made on a podcast I'd never heard of before. And some of the things he had to say. Uh, here's one quote from him. He says, and that's where I'm at right now. is like I really, truly, honestly have no regrets about my time in Cleveland or of what I tried to give that place. True Clevelanders and true Browns fans know that. That's why I can walk away from the whole uh, situation feeling like I did it. Uh, Yeah, the respect thing is like, that's going to be a personal opinion. No, I feel disrespected 100% because I was told one thing and completely did, and they completely did another. That's what I'm in the middle of right now. And you know what? Okay, I got my taste of it because I've had four head coaches in four years, a bunch of different coordinators, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's Baker Mayfield, uh, sort of, uh, as Spazilla says in our comments, exactly (laughs) what I wanted to say, uh, playing the true fan card uh, about true fans support him and get him. Uh, and uh, also sort of, uh, you know, uh, passing the blame along to a bunch of different coaches and coordinators. At least that's how I read it. Uh, Fred, how do you interpret Mayfield's comments?
3: Well, I kind of interpret it like a guy that's looking for a job. Um, I think his comments would be much more inflammatory if he had already been traded or had signed with another team. He's still trying to walk that tightrope, And I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if if you get a different outcome, you know, after he has moved from the Browns. Um, you know, he, he kinda seems to want it both ways. You know, he wanted to be the franchise quarterback, wanted to be the guy that turned things around, and and he did. And he wanted to get paid but he never wanted to have any booze or anybody discredit. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, if da- Deshaun Watson plays like he did against the Lions, Deshaun Watson's going to get booed. You know, that is that is part of getting 20 to 40 million a year. You know, that's it's entertainment. If I went up on the stage, you know, getting paid money to entertain everybody, and and you heard what truly I sounded like, you would all boo me for paying to to hear that. So that's part of entertainment. I understand you're a human being but you know it's just you kind of talking both ways there. I didn't think he said anything really outrageous. I was a little surprised to see the ESPN headline something all like he rips the browns and you know I guess the ripping would have been um they told me one thing and did another, I don't totally buy that. I I mean, I think Andrew Barry felt like they did tell him if they felt they could upgrade the position. I don't know if they told him specific names, if they said Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, um, or they just said upgrade the position, but I believe that Andrew Barry did tell his agents, maybe his agents didn't pass it on to him, or they selectively heard it. But I do agree, or I do believe that Andrew Barry did make comments that he regretted not calling them and finding out, you know, that they had went to Texas, you know, even if he didn't call him on the plane or whatever. I ask Andrew Barry that question at the season end. Are you going to do everything to try to turn over every stone to upgrade all positions? including the quarterback and if so how do you do that without upsetting your quarterback and he said that's my job and and he you know he's very diplomatic and that's exactly what i was asking was if that were to be the case because you could have just said nope we are not exploring anything Baker's our quarterback and we're not talking to anybody but they didn't and that's what we all suspected. And then when it comes it comes out, it comes out. So, you know, Baker, I mean, I think he handled himself pretty well. But I, I think that was a different guy. He doesn't want to get, you know, his options aren't many right now. And I don't think he wants to eliminate any of them. Because a lot of guys, you know, don't want somebody, you know, that's, that's ripping on the organization and, and doing those type things whether whether you agree with it or not. I can't hear you.
2: Yeah, I was in dog bark prevention mode. Uh, McSawman here says, Baker, just keep your mouth shut. Did Matt Ryan bitch and moan when ATL dabbled in the Watson sweepstakes? That's why he's in Indy. So uh, Matt Ryan knows how to keep his mouth shut uh baker mayfield uh, maybe doesn't and you know whenever you're in a public position like he put himself in for that podcast talking about the browns you get the chance that somebody will go espn on you right and write a real click bait bait-y headline right or someone like me is going to take offense to something that you said and uh put a rant on the front page of the orange and brown report about it uh it's just going to happen and you got to know that as a public figure I also want to throw out some props to E Gillen one who just subscribed for eight months in a row. Uh, Those subscriptions carry the OBR's Twitch efforts, and thank you very much for subscribing. Uh, Among other things, you can follow the OBR, be notified whenever we go live, uh, which over the summer we're going to be going live a lot when when there's big news, right? And so not everything will be at 7 o'clock. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, We may go on uh, sporadically uh, when there's big news and you get those notifications if you follow and if you subscribe and all that sort of stuff. So thank you very much, E. Gillen. Uh, It is uh, much appreciated. Um, What I reacted to, Fred, is I reacted to uh, a joke that he made, uh, which was really sort of ripping off a Seinfeld joke that uh, he was going to go to uh, various cubicles, uh, around the Cleveland area and boo people when they're at their jobs and uh, quite honestly, uh, I put a commentary on the front page that said i man, I would have preferred that in most of my jobs, and people were at least honest with you about how they felt, you know, and weren't talking behind your back or putting things in your annual review folder or whatever. Uh, that would have been nice. i would have i i I would <laughs> go for being booed. Uh, rather than some of the crap that I put up with uh, in the jobs that I've worked over the last 30, 40 years. But, uh, you know, that's just me. That's just me. Uh, Everybody's going to react differently to these sort of comments. And, uh, you know, so far, uh, some people have accepted what Baker had to say. Some people are critical of it. Um, And, uh, you know, just all your interpretation. So anything else you want to say about Baker Mayfield's podcast appearance, Fred? Uh, before we move on.
3: No, um, like I said, I don't think it was inflammatory. I wrote last week that despite what he wants to do, that he wants to get on another team as soon as possible so he can establish himself and maybe be the starting quarterback. And if you don't go to mini camps, you don't go to off-season, and even if you show up for training camp, you know, you might have tough time winning a starting job. It's not the Browns' job to get him into a comfortable position. He is an asset. They do have to pay him nearly $19 million this year. And so right now, there's not a big market for him. I do think they will try to move him as soon as possible. But the most likely to me, the earliest would be draft, the draft day that somebody that right now thinks they're going to draft a quarterback and said quarterback isn't available and they don't draft him, then that might be when they make the call and make a trade um, or after the draft. But as far as, you know, to release him, that's absurd. Why would you pay him 19 million a year, you know, to let him go to the Steelers or, or wherever he wanted, but, um, And even if you have to eat some of the salary down the road, send him where you want to, not just, you know, to wherever he wants to go. I didn't want him to go to Indianapolis. I don't think you, you, it's like the Kyrie Irving back in the day. Why in the world did they trade him to the Boston Celtics, your prime competitor, send him to Sacramento Kings or something. Same thing with, with Mayfield. I mean, Seattle, you know, Carolina, something like that, but so I think they'll be patient. I think that there will be more of an opportunity, you know, to to move him. And if they can't, you know, 18 million is not a big deal. It's not pro- prohibiting them from making other moves, the draft class this year to to sign those guys, you don't need that amount of money. And even if you can get clowny done, you're not going to need that up front. So they're they're in no hurry and all it takes is somebody to get hot, you know, for a quarterback, and then you can make the move. So I think they're they're playing the waiting game. I would still, you know, the earliest I'd expect to see him moved is on the draft, but that's about it. You know, as, as I suspect, though, we'll hear more from him maybe down the road after he gets a new landing spot.
2: Yeah, I'm sure that at some all uh, at some point there will be a tell-all book or a uh, magazine article or something about that about how horrible the Browns were. Um, but you know, at least that's what I suspect. You know, given uh, the type of things he's done and said. Let's talk a little bit about where Mayfield may head. Um, even though we are, <laughs> uh, even though we are um, uh, at, at at this point moving on from Mayfield, we still have to get rid of him. Um, Albert Breer recently went on some program or another and said that Baker should force the Browns to trade him, force their hands by showing up to camp, and I assume showing up to the offseason workouts and just making things really, really awkward. Uh, Do you think, Fred, that that would be a good strategy on Mayfield's part uh, to cause that sort of trouble?
3: I don't, I don't, I don't know how he would look good if he's acting awkward, if he just came in, you know, and, and practiced and worked out. I don't know when he was talking about, if he's talking about training camp, but I think, you know, there's guaranteed monies, you know, if you show up and different things like that, the Browns could just waive that and say, don't come. And we're going to pay you anyway. Um, You know, I'm, I have a different take than a lot of people. It's like if you think, you know, if Watson were to be suspended for eight games or whatever, if you think you could win some games with Mayfield, why wouldn't you play him as opposed to Brissett or Dobbs or whatever? If he's on your roster, he, I mean, it would do him no good. If he goes out there and says, I'm hoping to lose, and he, and he looks like crap, do you think that increases his talent? or his his fee schedule, Um, as much as he hates the Browns, I don't care at that point. If he were to go out and light it up and the Browns won games, you know, I think that would make him a really hot commodity, and then you could maybe get a first-round pick for him or something. That's just me, you know. Everybody, oh, it's too far gone. He has no option. You gotta play to increase your stock and your value. And if you just say, okay, you're cut or go home or whatever, that doesn't help them. I don't think they'll do that, but that's why I throw that out there. It's like, okay, let's all shut our mouths. We got a suspension. You know, we think we got it. But but I think they have they have one one thing that's interesting on this whole thing is they've transformed the quarterback room and you got, you've signed or traded for three quarterbacks with a similar skill set, and I don't think you're going to have the same offense that you've seen because these three quarterback types have a completely different skill set than the Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, Nick Mullins room. So that's what I'm most interested in seeing is what Stefanski does with the offense in there, so that's the biggest reason not to bring him in is because it's obvious you're going to make a new, you know, an overhaul in your offensive schematics, and it would make no sense to run the same old thing unless you felt you know Mayfield's better and we could win some games if Watson does get suspended. We, we've it's come out that if if it goes to trial or whatever that once August hits, there's not going to be a trial till March of 23. So he could in effect play the whole year and then deal with all this in the 23 off season. So who knows, you know, what happens there, but there's, I don't, I don't know what they'll do. I I expect, in my opinion, they'll trade him probably around the draft. And that would kind of, there's, there's only like a volunteer thing. I think the first time we have um, is next week, like the 20th. Um, I think that we can talk to Stefanski and some of the players as they come in and start off season. So I would highly be surprised if he showed up. And, you know, I think they might just say, hey, stay away. We're, you know, we're, we're working on trading you or something like that. Kind of like J.R. Smith, remember when – They kept him and told him stay home 15, but he was getting 15 million guaranteed and he just stayed home, went Mm -hmm. to a college and played golf, you know, (laughs) and, and, uh, Baker's got the money guaranteed. I know that he has to do some things, but I would think they could waive that if there are requirements on off season.
2: And I, and I think he likes golf as well would be my guess. So, uh, he has plenty of things to do this, uh, this off season, uh, without
3: making the Browns feel awkward. Um, Plus he's got the shoulder thing. So I don't think, yeah. you know, he's still in the rehab. I don't think he was supposed to be ready to practice or anything. So I don't, I don't know if he would be under their training staff. He's still in the rosters, but you know, I I, I don't expect him to to be there on his end or the other end. And I think the Browns have some plan for that.
2: To you, to your point, though, Fred, that, uh, you know, he could make himself a hot commodity. Uh, I'm wondering if you remember the name Scott Mitchell. He was a quarterback. Uh, and he built like a five-year career off of one good half of football, you know?
3: Yeah, I was at the game. You know, Dan Marino tears his Achilles. Scott Mitchell mm-hmm. comes in and has the game of his life. And, you know, and then he was like the most sought after free agent and the next exactly. year and, and he, he, that that's what I'm saying is Mayfield does have no leverage I wrote this after the Watson trade allegedly fell through is now what do they do he's saying I want traded you know I'm my feelings are hurt and all that before it it end up going through and I think part of it I the Browns might have put the pressure on and up the ante you know when 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 those bridges seemed to be burned, but he didn't have any leverage then either. You know, if you said you're the quarterback, we're not trading you. You, you sit at home, forfeit money and you have no stock to get your extension. You got to come in here and have a good year. So that's what I wrote at the time. And it's funny in that podcast, I heard him use the same word I did is I said, you always talk about having a chip. Well, now you got a boulder he said, I have a boulder on my shoulder, you know? So I'm sure he read my story as much as he reads the the all the stories about him. So, you know, who knows? But I know it's not a popular take, um, but it sure seemed to me that he doesn't have much leverage. And even if when Watson wasn't coming to the Browns, he would have had to come in, had a big year. And then if he said, "I, I my feelings are hurt, I don't care. They could have franchised him for two more years. They could have kept him around for three years, even if he didn't want to be here. So he has no leverage. You know, nobody gets it through their skull that he has no leverage.
2: Yeah. um, And there, you know, there are a couple of teams that might want him, uh, but no one is sort of beating down the Browns' door. It seems like they're still sort of hoping that they'll cut him or something along those lines. Uh, I will go into this because uh, it's what I do. Uh, I uh, look up weird stories on the internet and then report them in something we call the OBR Daily Newswire. And there was one this morning in a, uh, uh, a publication called The Daily Caller. And The Daily Caller felt compelled to write a story uh, that uh, claims that uh, Mayfield is headed to the Atlanta Falcons. And they got this from a podcast called Drinking Bros, where one of the drinking <laughs> bros said that uh, it's a done deal, uh, but it's either going to be a second or a third round pick. That's what they're trying to figure out. You get a second or third round pick for Baker Mayfield. Do you do that in a heartbeat, Fred?
3: Yeah, and the, the biggest thing is the taking on the salary. You know, that. remember last year everybody was throwing a fit about you know, Landry, 16 million and Beckham, 16 million, you know, he's got almost 19 million guaranteed. And if they were to take that on, that's the biggest issue with most teams. Most teams he's a, I'd say he's at least in the middle of the pack, as far as quarterbacks starting quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe a little below the top 15, but he's better than a lot of options teams have. And and I think he did, you know, a fine job for the Browns. He's just inconsistent, you know, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. Now, whether last year was totally in the injury, I think it attributed to it, but I don't think that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski felt that the injury is the reason they were ready to move on. Um, it's because they felt, they they wanted a 6'2", 6'3", mobile quarterback, and that's never going to change with, with Baker Mayfield. So I give him a lot of props. He did well. He helped turn this franchise around. But they didn't bring in Mayfield, and I would like to ask Andrew Berry. He'll probably never answer. He was on the staff. Why didn't they want Deshaun Watson, you know, when they had that 12th pick that year and they traded away? I'd like to know the answer to that, but I digress. As far as Mayfield, if you could get a second round pick, I'd be I'd be on that in a minute. And I would even throw in help and pay for some of his salary, you know, because you're hearing I think a lot of teams know he has value, but they're at the point where they're up near the cap and they can't take on 18, 19 million and not know for sure he's gonna you know, it could be a one-year rental. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to do that. So they would want to, and, and I don't know if anybody's ready to commit the 35, 40 million a year for three, four years to him and work out an extension before, you know, before he plays next year. So, and he's coming off the injury, so he can't really do much right now. So there's a lot of variables in there. And that's why I said, hang on to him until the, there's always a thing one team say the Falcons have interest and then another team, then all of a sudden now you got a little interest going. So whatever that may be, I would think the Falcons might be looking at drafting one of these quarterbacks this year, you know, and I can't believe they think Marcus Mariota is their long-term answer, but they wanted him over Mayfield. And so I'd be surprised if they give up that much to get him, but who knows?
2: Yeah, who knows? Like you said, all it takes is one team to get desperate for a quarterback and believe that the 2020 Mayfield is the real Mayfield. And uh, bingo, you extract a day two pick from him. Um, We've got a couple of Baker-related questions in the chat. Let's dig through those uh, and then change the subject here uh, away from uh, Mr. Rabbit Ears. Ram Love has a question. He says, what's the real deal with Seattle for Baker? Do we pay half the cap hit? And what draft pick do we get, Fred? Do you see them doing something with his contract in order to make him more tradable at this point, or having the other team do something with his contract to make him more acceptable
3: to them? Well, I'm not. I'm not a capologist, but it's my understanding that that money's guaranteed. You can't. You can't renegotiate or put any of it off. You know, it's eighteen point eight million guaranteed. Now you can agree to pay for part of it, like, hey, we'll pay, you know, six million or whatever, um, and you guys pick up the rest. But you can't renegotiate it. You know, he's going to get that as long as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't, you know, void it by like skipping training camp or or whatever. You know, there are some requirements that he has to do. Um, so I saw one of the options. I think it was Anthony put on our site today. It might've been for subscribers. The third one was like trade him to Seattle, pay 6 million of the deal. But in return, then you were getting, I thought he said a second or third round pick. He's more in tune with what the value is, you know, and so forth with the monies. And, um, you know, and I think, I think Seattle, you know, they trade Russell Wilson. They cannot be saying drew locks, the answer. So they're saying right. the right things, but I have, I don't know where they draft, but I have to think they got to, they have to be interested in either Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or, or Corral or um, Ritter mm-hmm. or some yeah. quarterback that's, that's, considered high. And if they do that, why would they guarantee Mayfield 18 million? Now, if they can't get the guy or that they want, I think they would be a very viable destination cuz I can almost tell you right now they would rather have Mayfield over Drew Locke. He's a much better quarterback and he's young and he's upside and all that. So it's the salary. A lot of teams don't want a one-year rental, you know, like he goes and lights it up, then you lose him next year when he's a free agent. I guess they could franchise him, but I think a lot of them kinda they don't want to tie him up just like the Browns, not knowing if he's if he's worth it. I think there's a lot of question marks. So, you know, Seattle moves on from a six foot quarterback or five eleven. I don't know if they'd want to do that again. You know, Russell Wilson's pretty good. He just happened to be, you know, north of 30. So he to me seems like a logical place to go. But Carolina or Atlanta, one of those to me it would be Carolina. Their biggest problem is they're in the same boat with Sam Darnold. They picked up his fifth-year option, so they got to pay him 18.8 million. So what good's it do unless the smart Browns front office can figure out how to trade Mayfield but you know, like the Brock Osweiler or something, take on Darnold, but get a a draft pick or something. I don't know. If they could get a second round pick or something like that, you know, and and take Darnold, you know, maybe that would be the deal. You're on mute again.
2: Yeah, there we go. Um, But yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem to me like they're in a mood to, you know, waste a roster spot. They think they're going to win now. Uh, so I'm, I'm just not sure if an Osweiler type deal is something that's going to be doable uh, for the Browns right now. Here's a question from Niles Dog. He asks, "Has Mayfield showed something that leaves us afraid to let him be in Pittsburgh?" And uh, that's good. You know, that's a good question. I mean, Pittsburgh is not in good shape uh, at this point uh, with uh, Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Mayfield, I think could probably uh, uh, outshow either of those two guys. Uh, But, uh, you know, are we concerned that Mayfield's going to turn it around, Fred? And uh, particularly if he turns it around in Pittsburgh, that would be a disaster.
3: Well, yeah. And, you know, what I've been saying all along is Mayfield is a pretty good quarterback. You saw how he played in 20. It could have been a lot because of the injury and then he lost his confidence, and I've had that injury, never had it repaired, but I can tell you, and he admitted there, it was on his mind. You know, I got to get rid of this ball. He didn't say this, but in the back of his mind, I got to get rid of this ball, and it might have been a a fraction of a second early because he's going to get drilled by J.J. Watt, and he's going to dislocate it again because even with the harness, that thing would come out, and so I don't know how you play knowing you're going to get you know, your shoulder dislocated over and over. So it's going to affect things. We saw what he did in his rookie year. I mean, he he had, he had tied the record of Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson as a rookie and then led the Browns. I mean, think of that playoff game against the Steelers. That's got to be in their mind. He just, you know, he led them up and down the field. That's what you want to see all the time. And I think truly the Browns, were not ready to move on from him until they had a better option. And Deshaun Watson is a better option as far as a player. He's a better quarterback than Baker. doesn't mean Baker's trash. He's still better than anything Pittsburgh has. So why would you help them and let them and say, oh, we want him over there so we can. No, I, I think he's a good quarterback. And why would you want to let him pick where he goes? Plus releasing him and paying 19 million, you get nothing for him. You you could trade him and at least get a seventh round pick, even if you paid the whole salary, but you determine where he's going, not where he wants to go. That's my whole point. Why even take a chance? Say he is the second coming of Ben Roethlisberger. Nobody thinks that, but what if he was? Why in the world would you take the chance to do that? Does that make sense?
2: No, I don't think it does. And, uh, But I will tell you, if Mayfield was in Pittsburgh after that media just got used to 20 years of Ben Roethlisberger, uh, (laughs) it's not going to take much uh, for that group to unload on him. Uh, If he thought Cleveland's media was rough, he ain't seen nothing. Not that Pittsburgh has a rough media, but they've just been spoiled over these last 20 years or so. Um, So that exhausts our questions about Baker Mayfield. If uh, there's other topics you want to talk about, feel free to change the subject uh, by asking us questions on different topics. Otherwise you're stuck with the stupid things that I wrote down, uh, which uh, we will move to now. Um, The first of which is that Ernest Johnson, uh, we learned (laughs) yesterday has changed his representation. Uh, He is now with Rosenhaus Sports, which is a uh, great place to go if you're looking to try to force a situation that gets you paid a whole lot more money. And right now, Darnus Johnson um, is playing a position that has a very short shelf life. Uh, He has uh, gotten a lot of people's attention uh, through his play and he's played much better than the contract that he has. And so I'm suspicious that Mr. Rosenhaus is going to have him uh, hold out or something, you know, or not sign his tender or whatever he can do right now to try to get Ernest into a better situation. Uh, Do you share my paranoia, Fred?
3: Well, Drew Rosenhaus was the David Njoku, worked him all up into demanding a trade immediately with Austin. Hooper was signed. um, And we saw how that worked out. You know, you just come, Njoku ended up outplaying Hooper and they moved on from Hooper and Najoku now is in line to get, to be the guy and, and have a long-term contract. He fired Rosenhaus. Um, Rosenhaus represented Duke Johnson. Remember him? I'm, I'm out of here. You know, I want traded. I want, you know, that was what happened as soon as Rosenhaus got involved. And the Browns, believe it or not, they took advantage of Bill O'Brien, the the de facto general manager, he gave up a third round pick to trade to the Browns for Duke Johnson. So even if even if um you know if Johnson signs with the Browns, I think they can then trade him. Um and that could be what happens it's my understanding he's a restricted free agent i think that he has until the 22nd to get an offer if he gets an offer from another team the browns could match it but if they don't match it then he goes to that team i thought that it was like 2.4 million and some people were wondering if the browns would pay you know a third running back 2.4 million um I think they were counting on nobody signing him because most teams assume it's a waste of time because they're going to match it. So I don't know if he was an undrafted. So I don't know if that tender gives, gives them a draft choice or not, or what level I, I don't know if that's considered a second round. I know that you would then get like a second round pick if, if you didn't match it, but maybe I'm just not sure with it, but yeah, Drew Rosenhaus was, was hired for one reason to get him paid, you know, somewhere and probably not in Cleveland just because that's, that's the guy's MO, you know, it's like cause cause a stir. I don't think they would have done that for nothing. And I I know Brad knows the agent for Johnson, the guy kind of, you know, stuck with him from the days of he was on a fishing boat and you got to try out and all the, the story there. But the other side of the story is, you know, the average life expectancy in the NFL is three years and it's even less for running backs. And I think this is already his fourth year. So he's he's looking to get at least one contract. And, and you know, I, I think the Browns might be trying to, you know, hang on to him this year with Hunt in the last year of his contract and then m- move into a more prominent role. But I don't know if they're going to be able to.
2: Yeah. And there are um, reports that the Browns have been talking to at least one running back uh, available in the draft. Um, you know, Felton appears to be mostly a, uh, a receiver at this point. Um not a guy that they're going to feature in the backfield, so they are talking to uh, other running backs. And as long as they're doing their due diligence, there, always a possibility that there might be something cooking for Johnson uh, at some point. I don't blame him, you know, for trying to get paid. Uh, his opportunities are not, you know, he doesn't have ten years worth of opportunities uh, to go out and get paid. So I guess I don't blame him uh, for making the shot at, at trying to do it. Um, But he has played important downs these last couple of years. I don't blame the Browns either for wanting to hold on to him. Uh, So we'll just watch how that situation develops.
3: Well, a lot of people were surprised last year when he made the roster. And I wasn't surprised because at that time, if you remember, the Ravens, you know, lost their top two running backs, Dobbins and Gus Edwards, tore ACLs. And if they would have released him, the Browns would have been facing Dearness Johnson twice a year because he was going to go to the Ravens. He was better than any option there was. And if he would have hit the waiver wire, I'm sure they would have jumped all over him as well as maybe other teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, he every time he played, he was a workhorse and did well. And so I think that's one of the biggest things. I think they might make a decision if they had them under contract that they would try to trade hunt or Johnson. If they felt like they could not keep both of them going forward after this year. But I do think one of our uh, analysts, our analytics guys said that Cadero Hodge last year kind of had the same situation. A restricted free agent that signed his tender, but then the Browns cut him or went back to him and said, Hey, we are going to release you. But if you take this, you can stay on the team. And he refused to, and he ended up going to the Lions. So right. there, he's not guaranteed anything. If they can, they can let him go and they don't have to pay anything. And so I think that might be the, what he's trying to come up with some option with Rosenhaus or whatever to work out something, you know, so even if it's a guaranteed here with the Browns, you know, if he doesn't get another offer.
2: Right. Right. Well, um, we are about two thirds of the way through the show. Uh, We've talked about Baker Mayfield and Ernest Johnson. Uh, We have some other things we want to talk about. If uh, you would like to see us talk about specific subjects, please ask us, Questions. In the meantime, I'm sure what is going through everyone's mind watching the show right now uh, is, uh, how could I look more like Fred and Barry? You know, it's a natural, <laughs> natural sort of reaction. And uh, what you're undoubtedly, uh, you know, what sets us apart is undoubtedly all this OBR gear that we have. Uh, I, I'm here sucking decaf out of a OBR mug uh, with an OBR hat, and Fred has the OBR polo. Uh, So that's pretty awesome. If you want to be. (laughs) This is a Joe
3: Thomas mission barbecue cup. There you go. Plug in Joe Thomas right here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And you cannot get those at store.theobr.com or shop.theobr.com rather. Uh, But you can get the rest of the stuff I described at shop.theobr.com and just go out and represent the most awesome Cleveland Browns community that exists on all of the internets. That's what I'm telling you. That's what Fred and I are doing. That's what you could do if you just hit up shop.dovr.com. All right, so uh, there is that. Uh, Let's talk about some other stuff uh, that has filtered through the newswire uh, recently, Fred. Um, One thing that I wrote about, uh, I refer to as an Uber punter is Matt Ariza, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I've never heard anybody actually pronounce his name. But uh, he is a San Diego State super leg punter. Uh, And, uh, hey, Tysox 15, by the way, we have hoodies too. We've got awesome hoodies. Um, At any rate, um, he worked out for the Browns. Now, we just signed a punter. Uh, Do you think that this is a sign that the Browns are still looking to improve in that department? uh over their recent signee. Uh and uh if so, would you see uh you know maybe that last uh round three draft pick or round four draft pick going for a punter uh given the Brown situation, Fred.
3: Well I would I would prioritize kicker more than punter, but um I don't know. I don't look into the contract situation, but Bajorca's, I think it was like 1.5 million or something. I don't know if that's guaranteed or what's guaranteed other than signing bonus. It just depends on, it always matters on the money, follow the money. And you can tell a lot of times you could tell last year with, I think Cody Parkey's salary, or I could tell you when Britton Colcutt was the punter I knew for sure Gall- Gillen was going to be the punter because they could save over two million, or something close to that, by switching to an undrafted free agent. So I don't I don't know financially, but yeah, it's hard for me to believe they would draft a punter and just bring him into camp as a as an extra leg. Right. Um, but it's how much Bajorquez required, you know, in his salary. Kicker, You got McLaughlin. You didn't tender him, but you brought him back. You also have Chris Blewett. I have to believe they're going to see if they feel that one of these kickers in the draft has better upside um, than than either of those guys. And if so, I I could see him drafting a kicker. But I could be wrong if they brought it. You're saying he came in as one of their 30 visits?
2: Uh, apparently, they uh, worked him out or interviewed him. I don't have the okay. tweet uh, on me. Well,
3: yeah, you know, and and so I wouldn't be surprised by anything. I know they feel they got to upgrade both sides of it. I know Bajorque was has a pretty big leg a couple years ago. He led the NFL and gross average, um, kicks in the cold Buffalo and Green Bay. So I would think, I would think they signed him for a reason. And I would think they gave him some money, you know, for a punter, a veteran punter. So, again, I, I think kicker is where you might want to be a little more scrutinized. But the reason mm-hmm. they got Bajorque was he can flip the field with a big leg.
2: Yeah, he's uh, really nailed some punts. They're obviously looking for a strong leg. But they still went and talked to this guy. Uh, so, you know, you never know. You never know what they're thinking uh, heading into the draft. Uh, Dr. Nico asked some questions in our chat uh, about Felton and others uh, and the wide receiver room. Uh, He asked if Felton is a bubble wide receiver, depending on the wide receiver signed. They signed Grant for special teams and we need more side speed at wide receiver. And then he speculates uh, Cooper, DPJ, Schwartz, maybe Landry. Uh, You draft, draft a wide receiver and then Grant. Does that sound like a full wide receiver room to you, Fred, or do you expect more?
3: Well, yeah, I still think there's a need at wide receiver and I don't know if they're going to be able to come up with numbers with Landry. Um I would like I would like a young, you know, like one of those guys maybe at forty four. I tend to or even trade up if you can. Cause I think long term you got to have a guy that has potential being number one. Um, you got Cooper, but who knows for how long? I do think they need more at wide receiver. Um Felton, I think, has a switch army Swiss Army knife. He can do a lot of things inside slot. He can do wide receiver, he can be a running back, uh, he can do some special teams. I hope he makes it. I'm If you're up in New York, Rochester, New York, next Saturday, the 23rd, I'm going to go MC a banquet up there for Brownsbackers, the photo city. And Demetric Felton is going to be there and Greg Pruitt. So I'm going to be able to spend an evening just talking to them. I'm going to be pretty good friends with Felton by the end of the evening. And that would be good for us going forward for, for Twitch and, and different interviews and stuff. So hopefully he's a part of this. You know, that would be biased. But as far as... I think, I think that they do need to address. I don't think you can count on Schwartz being ready to step in um, unless he really has a great off season. They, they would expect him to as a third round pick, but I don't think you can count on it. And I don't know if you can count on Landry coming back. So that's why it's so important. I think to get Clowney done and take that pressure off the defensive side for the draft. So you could, get the best guy, whether it's a defensive lineman or a wide receiver with that first pick.
2: Right. <clears throat> Doughboy82 Doughboy comes through with uh, a question about the overall strategy for Andrew Berry. Uh, he says he thinks that they will sign a wide receiver, defensive tackle, and an edge and ask our thoughts about it. Uh <clears throat> You know, not a lot of rumors going around right now about, you know, uh, uh, near-term signings at those positions. Uh, There's always the thing with Clowney uh, potentially being an edge signing. Uh, Haven't heard anything at defensive tackle, really. Uh, And, of course, they are talking with Landry at wide receiver. Uh, What are your thoughts, Fred? Do you think we could see three signings, or are some of those needs going to be filled in the draft?
3: well I would think it's a double-edged sword you know there's not a lot available out there but it was the 14th which is tomorrow a year ago when Clowney finally signed with the Browns hopefully if if he's going to sign with the Browns he lets it be known and gets it done or you know soon it's a because the reason I said double edged because if you don't have a commitment from a defensive end or a lineman then you, you would draft one. And then that dries up an opportunity for that free agent. You know, like I wouldn't think they would want to wait until you filled all your spots, not just the Browns, but other teams. So I would think some of these free agents would be signing with teams before the draft. And so, yeah, I don't know if they will, but I think you got to go into the draft knowing you got at least one starter on the defensive tackle, and it'd be you'd want to have your defensive end nailed down, and then you can just kind of go any direction. I mean, at wide receiver, you're not forced to take one at this point because you have guys, and at but on the defensive line, you only have, in my opinion, one clear cut starter in Miles Garrett. They might be thinking Jordan Elliott's a starter, but I don't know if you could, you know, figure that he's ready to do that. So I would like to get at least one veteran, you know, Malik Collins or somebody that you know what you got, get them done, you know, and preferably Clowney and, a, and one of those veteran defensive tackles. Then you can, then you you have your spots filled and you can really just backfill from there, but... I don't know wide receiver if they feel there's any veterans out there that they feel good about. There was some rumors about Brandon Cooks, but he got extended. He might have just, you know, used the leverage with trade talks to to get his extension. I I would think if the Browns thought Will Fuller was an answer, they would have signed him. You know, I don't know other wide receivers really. There aren't many that are out there. And if they're out there now, they'll probably be there after the draft. So I think that your priority is defensive line, interior, and at least one edge. And the edges I look at are clowny, makes the most sense. But you might be able to get a couple one year guys if you got Hughes or you got Ingram, you know, or Trey Flowers, or I think there's only three or four of those veteran guys, Carlos Dunlap that are available, but they're all 30 something. So you got to address it in the draft sooner or later.
2: Yeah. One of the most intriguing defensive tackles I've heard referenced with regard to the Browns is uh, Grady Jarrett uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, uh, they are rebuilding, obviously and might be in a position where they want to move him, we have Baker Mayfield. They've got Marcus Mariota. You, 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 you would think that maybe something could happen there, Andrew. I'm talking to you, Andrew Berry. You know, see if you can make something happen there. Uh, that would make me feel a lot better about the interior of the Browns defensive line. uh, Dope Boy, uh asked the question as well, uh, whether they value defensive tackle like most teams. And I would say hit up the uh, OBR archives. Uh, Uh, one of our analysts wrote on that exact question about whether the Browns do value defensive tackle like most teams do. Uh, And, uh, you know, good reading uh, if you are in the mood to find out uh, more. The uh, next question comes from Fumble13. He asks if we've heard if Clowney has received any offers other than ours. And, uh, uh, uh I'm laughing at what Double Doughboy's follow-up in the in the comments. Uh but Fumble Thirteen asked if we heard if Clowney's received any offers other than ours. And to be quite frank with you, Fred, I haven't heard of one. I haven't heard of anybody definitively chasing Clowney who's put an offer in front of him. Uh you know, are we bidding against ourselves again, do you think, or or not?
3: Well, that could be the case, you know. I I have to think the Browns put an offer out there if it's whether it's the one that was reported or not. I think he he knows what's there. And he's just seeing if, you know, you saw the Dolphins reportedly were talking to Melvin Ingram. So he might be thinking, well, I'm better than Melvin Ingram, you know, but it's dollars and cents and he he want and he wanted to go to Miami. So I don't know. I don't know what they're bidding against. I don't know if you have enough leverage to say, look, put up or shut up. We want an answer or not. Um, he's done this for four years in a row, so teams know he's out there, and he had his best year. So it doesn't seem like it's really driven the market. You you would have thought that his camp would have leaked out. Hey, the the so and so's are have offered him three years, fifty million, or or two years, thirty million, or something. That's kind of what how things go. So, I have to think the Browns must feel pretty good about it, you know, or they're willing to just go into the draft not having anybody on the roster but Chase Winovich and Curtis Weaver. It's hard for me to believe that, besides yeah, it's Garrett, hard for me obviously to believe
2: it as well. Uh, a couple of things that did pop up in the media. Uh, One is that the Browns were interested in Kelly Campbell uh, per Josina Anderson. So we were talking to and interested in other defensive linemen uh, beyond Clowney Uh, and Albert Breer again uh, at the wide receiver position said the Browns hosted Traylon Burks and wide receiver Christian Watson from uh, North Dakota State uh, last Friday. Um, Part of that confuses me. Watson, I totally get. Um, He uh, uh, is an interesting receiver who's potentially available at draft picks. We have Traylon Burks. Why are you spending time with Traylon Burks? Um, He is not uh, in the Browns zone in the draft, uh, at least not based on any of the analysis I've seen. And if you're talking to him, you have to be thinking about trading up but I wouldn't think that the Browns would have uh, uh, ammunition really to trade up at this point. Would you, Fred?
3: No, I I wouldn't. It was kind of curious there because to trade up into the first round, it seemed like you'd have to give up your whole draft, you know, or whatever. I don't know. But, you know, maybe, maybe they, maybe there's something they don't know. What if somebody offered a first round pick for Mayfield? if you, uh, you know, if you absorb most of his salary, who knows, you know, I don't know. And maybe then they thought maybe there's a path they see to Traylon Burks because, you know, I liked him at the combine when they still had the 13th pick to me. I liked the Ohio state guys, but I thought that guy stood apart to me. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously they like him. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they're thinking is. Maybe you got 30 and you just want to spend money, you know, and use them all up and put a seed in some, I have had teams. It's hard for me to believe this, that they'd be thinking four years, five years down the road, but I have heard that sometimes they go through the process with the future, you know, in mind when the guy becomes a free agent or, or right. whatever. Um, but that doesn't interest me at this point. So, right. Who knows I like that he that he went hunting for wild hogs with his with nothing but a <laughs> knife, you know he was tracking them down just like I use a gun at least, so right. right bow and arrow he's using a knife, so he's a real man, but yeah, I don't somebody we talked about the slower forty. I still don't think that that's gonna drop you two or three rounds or you know or thirty spots but Right. Maybe they're just covering the base in case.
2: Yeah. You never know. You never know. Uh, the draft always has a couple of surprises, but that one would be uh, uh, a real surprise for me. Uh, Fumble 13 comes back and he asks, could those two be smoke screens for say Pickens or Mechie or Michi, however you pronounce it, keep other teams thinking about them instead of the ones we'd like. Uh, you know, I've seen that sort of stuff before. You remember, Fred, when we drafted Jeff Fain, uh, the center, the Browns Mm -hmm. thought they were so clever because they didn't bring Fain in uh, for an interview or for a workout or anything like that. So nobody knew what the Browns were taking. Right. Seems to me to be kind of a risk, you know, to use those things as a uh, ruse, those opportunities as ruses to put people off the scent. Or to not bring in people that you're very interested in uh, to verify that they are the right people, um, but uh, I don't know. But what do you think about that, Fred? You think the Bronx Well, in today's age, hideous? I think there's
3: there's there's so many leaks, and everybody seems to know just about everything. Everybody's thinking, and yeah, I don't. I don't really buy that. You end up with Mike Patton told us they didn't even interview Justin Gilbert, you know, and you take the guy like in a top 10 and you didn't even know totally what you were getting, you know. Oh, yeah, you surprised everybody. Everybody else said, yeah, we didn't even want that guy. If you would have talked to him <laughs> or if you had talked to Brandon Whedon, who was his teammate, said, I would have told you not to draft him, you know. So, yeah, that's kind of a <laughs> – yeah, I don't think you're going to get too cute here.
2: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, our producer, Ian, points out that you don't get Jeff Fain analysis on other outlets, nor do you get Scott Mitchell analogies on other outlets. Uh, that's what makes us, uh, as uh, Fumble 13 said, worth every penny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree with Dr. Nico as well, just bringing up Gilbert. Gives me uh, uh, palpitations, heart palpitations. Not good stuff.
3: Well, but, and when uh, you're trying to hide Jeff Fain, I mean, he's a stinking center. I mean, come on now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that was Butch Davis. You know, Butch was smarter than anybody else. And uh, well, was able to pull off that sort of stuff. So, uh, at any rate, we have burned through our hour. Doesn't seem like it's been an hour, but we have burned through it. And uh, I just want to throw out thank you to everyone. Uh, who jumped in uh, as a uh, subscriber uh, or came in with your comments and questions. You guys really do make this show. You make it a lot more fun uh, than if it's just me and Fred talking. So I really do appreciate that. And uh, we are going to do this again. I'm actually going to show up two weeks in a row next week. Wow. <laughs> and we will do this once again, Fred Breedham and Barry McBride with OBR Weekly. Thanks as always, Fred. Appreciate your insight uh, as always, sir.
3: Yeah, we will see- enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody.
2: Always fun. We'll see you next week on OBR Weekly. Bye-bye.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.